Hello, everybody. So this week, Rachel and I are re-releasing an episode that we recorded a little while ago. It's a very important episode. Yes. If you have heard this episode before, you need to listen to it again. If you have never heard this episode, you are going to absolutely love it. Yeah. Anxiety in the gym is a really important topic. And a, a lot of the things that we talk about during this episode are just ones that you need to remind yourself. I listened to it back and I was like, yep, got to put that in practice. Um, well, that's the thing with mental health. Yes. Is that journey is never done. So always, yeah, you're you always need these it. constant reminders of these tricks that you're going to employ and, you know, these mind tricks that you use to live a healthier, happier mind space. So um, those are ever evolving and they need constant reminders. So I would really encourage you to have a listen to this one again if you've already heard it. And if you haven't, really soak this in because this is an important episode for your mental health and to get going in 2020 on a great foot. All right. Hope you enjoy it. Enjoy. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. We have an episode today that I think is going to be tremendously helpful to a lot of people because I think in one form or another, a lot of people would report suffering from some anxiety in their life. Would you agree with that or disagree? Yeah, I like that we're we're changing it up a little bit on this one, talking about some anxiety in general and then kind of how that relates to your health and wellness. I don't see how that misses the mark on talking about health that we're not going to talk about your mental health. But yeah, this is definitely a topic that is near and dear to my heart since it is where all of my education lies. So I'm pretty excited to talk about this and how it relates to the gym. I know this is perfect for you because this is literally your entire background in your profession. And I'm excited about it because like everyone, I think we are all looking for, and I'm looking for ways to curb some of the natural anxiety that comes with life that can either go checked or unchecked. And in a lot of ways, when we think about anxiety, of course, everyone experiences anxiety. There is no one on the planet that would report not ever experiencing any anxiety. But it's sort of the way that we take in and react to anxiety that can create a positive, fulfilling life or one that's sort of crippled by that anxiety. And I think that a lot of people are being held back by anxiety for some of the things that they would really like to do. And one of them that we find constantly when we talk to women about their fitness is the gym. Some people are being held back from their fitness goals because they have a lot of anxiety surrounding the gym, surrounding the social 
anxiety of the gym. And I think that that is something that is really tragic because when you think about people wanting to live their best lives and be in their best body and have no limitations to what that body can do, and then being crippled by the idea of not being accepted at the gym, that like just breaks my heart, you know? Yeah. I think that the biggest mistake sometimes that we make as professionals in the fitness industry or healthcare professionals, I think the biggest mistake we make is separating those two, separating your mental health and your physical health. And I think that has been my experience in the mental health field is every time I try and talk about someone's physical health affecting their mental health, it's kind of like shut out of the conversation. Like I'll be in like a clinical meeting and it'll be like, okay, well, let's talk about these other stressors this person is experiencing. Let's talk about how some of their physical health is affecting mental health. And it's like, we're constantly just putting out these fires of what's most important in that one second and not looking at the overview of what's going on with a person. Well, that is a really good definition of anxiety and responses to anxiety. Yeah, and I think that it's sort of a a self-fulfilling prophecy in that like anxiety is such a weird thing and, and depression as well is such a weird thing in that we know scientifically that along with great nutrition and limiting caffeine, that exercise is one of the things that reduces anxiety in people the most. And it's such a tough thing when you think about the fact that for a lot of people, going to exercise is the thing that causes them some anxiety. So like, it's a weird circle of fulfilling prophecies in that like, you want to go exercise to curb anxiety, but you can't actually get to the gym because your anxiety is so high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's and like, you want to, you want to feel better. And you know that after you go, you're going to feel better. You can't get there, right? Like you have that stop before you even go. Or even when we start to talk about nutrition, which we'll add in here too, is like, you're looking for that immediate quick fix of what is going to ease my anxiety right now, but what is going to ease my anxiety in the long term, in the bigger picture? And how can I exercise that confidence that we'll talk about a little bit later? And how can we start to change the self-talk? I think we're going to hit on a lot during this episode because I think it's really important. Self-talk is everything. It's important for everyone to hear. And I think that the biggest thing is that whether you have anxiety or not surrounding the gym, this episode is for you because it's going to improve, hopefully if we do it right, is going to improve your mindset either way. To respond to any anxiety. Some people's is surrounding the gym, but like we said, no matter what, everyone's eventually going to experience some anxiety in their or life. stressors in your stressors. life. Stressors. It's all, you know, it comes in different forms, but the reaction to it is the most important thing to practice. And so, yeah, if, if this isn't surrounding the gym for you, don't worry, because the fact is, is that these behavior techniques are applicable to any field in any stressor in any part of your life. So with that being said, anxiety, 100% real. Like this isn't a made up thing. Stress, 
also 100% real. I mean, these things have physical effects on people. I mean, people that have anxiety can certainly tell you that the physical effects are so, so real. The sweating, the panic attacks that can come with extreme anxiety, the heart rate acceleration, exactly. And, and the agitation. And then obviously the things going on in your mind are also physical effects that you can feel in your body. So that excessive worrying and that fear of social events like these things are are very real but what we want to hit on with this episode is that anxiety just like everything else is a behavior and behaviors are 100% learned and 110% changeable so if you can learn a behavior you can unlearn it if you are experiencing anxiety, we want to give the control back to you instead of experiencing anxiety and letting this happen to you. What we want to hit on with this episode is that anxiety is going to happen, but it's our response to anxiety that is the changeable behavior. And that's really the important step here. Yeah. And I think going along with that is just stressful events are always going to happen to every single person. Like you're going to experience a stressful event. And something that I've learned and experienced is to not judge your stressful event because stress is perceived, right? So there was one more woman I was working with who was perceiving a ton of stress surrounding her wedding. And it was just like, this is a happy time in her life. But she was like, this is the most stressful event of my life. This is horrible. And then I had another woman who was experiencing homelessness and did not perceive that stress to be the same as wedding preparation. And it was kind of like me, I was working with them thinking like, this woman is experiencing homelessness. Oh my God, this, I got to figure this out. This must be so stressful for her. You know, we really have to dive in and talk about this. We really have to figure out a plan and her perceived anxiety on that was not to the the degree that I actually was experiencing. It Isn't that her. interesting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because everything is perception. It, everything is perception. And I really think that it's important as you're experiencing your stressful event to take a second and to think about that first without any judgment. If you're saying to yourself, you're sitting outside in your car and you're waiting to go into the gym and you're saying like, I'm so stressed. A lot of times what happened is this is so stupid. I'm so stupid for feeling stressed about this and I am weak and I am, and then you give yourself all these other labels of what a terrible person you are. And if you think that's helping your stress, it's definitely not. I mean, we know that, but it's the judgment immediately that you place on yourself of why you're feeling stressed and that you shouldn't feel this stress. You got to stop that first. First and foremost, you got to stop that because Your stress is perceived stress. It's 100% real. And sit with that for a second and say, this is an event that is making me really stressed and really anxious, and that's okay. I'm going to feel it for a second. Now, what's my next step? Because that next step is what you're completely in control over. If your next step is to go down the negative road of, I'm so stupid. Why am I so stressed? This is ridiculous. You're a ridiculous person. Then you have a negative mindset that goes along with that. Or if you want to say, pause and say, this is making me stressed, but I am capable and I am strong and I'm going to face a stressful event. And after it, I'm going to feel so good. Then you've, you've taken a totally different road with the same amount of perceived stress. 
it's so that's so why we wanted to do this episode because we so believe in behavior therapy and how really everything in that happens in your life is under your control. And it's obviously events are going to happen that are out of your control, but it's your response that decides what kind of level it has in your life as far as when we rate stress and anxiety. So like really when you break down stress and anxiety, what is it at its core is it's insecurity, Right. So what the number one thing we want to avoid as human beings is feeling insecure because that comes along with all of those physical symptoms. When I'm insecure, I panic and I get sweaty and my heart rate goes up. All of those things are real. However, what is going to happen when we talk about insecurity is it's it's sort of a muscle. And, And I always relate this to fitness because I feel like it's the easiest way to think of it. Insecurity is a muscle. And when you work that muscle a lot, it becomes really strong. And similar to like, say we're working with a quad dominant athlete, for example, we say like, wow, you really have a tendency to overuse your quads for all these exercises. And what we want to focus is we want to focus on you using your hamstrings as well. Those are weak. Those are lacking. Those are behind. So when you think of that with your mind, if you are experiencing an anxiety-filled event, you're going to go to your most practiced behavior, your strongest muscle, for example. So if that is insecurity, that is just going to build that muscle stronger. So It can be that we need to work in our minds on strengthening a different muscle. And if insecurity is the stronger muscle right now, that means that your confidence is the hamstring in the quad dominant scenario. It's the one that's least practiced. You're not going to go to it right away. And if we can work on changing that, just like we do in the gym, we can fix muscle imbalances, right? And we can also fix mental imbalances with the correct therapy. And sometimes we definitely want to put out there that sometimes this is going to include medication for in extreme circumstances, right? But in many cases with kind of moderate anxiety, what we find to be a really effective technique is cognitive behavior therapy in which you control, just like you do in the gym, that I'm going to work on my hamstrings today. I'm going to work on my confidence today. And that's going to be a muscle that I built. I think this is so relevant to when we start to set goals for ourselves in the gym and start to live in the future or the past. And we start to say, I mean, a lot, almost everyone that's listening to this is going to say, oh, that's me. Like I will have confidence when I'm blank, blank, fill in the blank, whatever it is, when when I'm size this, when I can do this, whatever. And you're always looking to that next thing that's going to make you feel confident. And it's always an outside force, right? It's always something that you're not providing. When I lose 10 pounds, when I have a pull up, when I, when I can deadlift this, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be confident. And thinking of the future in that way all the time causes anxiety in itself. If you're a person who's constantly thinking about what is the next thing that causes some anxiety instead of looking at the here and now, what is it that I can do right now to fuel that confidence, to change a mindset that I've been hit with right now? If I'm feeling insecure, if I'm comparing myself to someone, whatever it is that you're experiencing right now, 
what is an alternative thought that I can practice to build the confidence? And it's not going to come with something that is far out, like in the next whatever, in the next six months when I'm 10 pounds lighter, when I'm a size two or whatever it is, it's not, it doesn't even belong there. It's what are you doing right now, this minute? Mm Mm-hmm. And right now you've made a really good choice because you're listening to this podcast. Good choice. So <laughs> all, so already you've said, I'm prepared to work on my mindset. And we're so glad. <laughs> Get it, girl. <laughs> a couple of things that people constantly report to us that are anxiety triggers about the gym that we can change with our mindset and behavior therapy. So number one thing that causes anxiety when people go into the gym, or just even any new situation, not knowing what to do is a big, uh, when we talk to women about like, what makes you nervous about going to the gym? What shoots your anxiety away? Well, it's the unknown Unknown. anyway, like just for like humans in general, unknown makes us anxious. If you don't know what to expect on your first day of work, you're like, oh my God, what if, what if they ask me to write? a 10 page paper. What if they, so you go into like all the what ifs. And I think this completely applies to the gym because what if I don't know how to use all the machines? What if I, what if I fall off a machine? What if I do something so stupid and everyone's going to look at me and everyone's going to judge me, which brings us to our next thing of thinking, you know, outside of yourself of these people that don't matter that you don't even know but what if they have a thought about you well there's a lot of what if and I always say that what ifs are this are stealing the joy in your life because all they create is living in a different time frame that's completely self-imposed right so and like, it doesn't belong to you it doesn't you belong have to you. no ownership over a what if it's a future possibility that you've created in your mind that has no basis in reality. It has no basis in reality. So it steals your joy of living in the here and now. You can't possibly live in the here and now and enjoy the joyful moment that you're in if you're what ifing it, mm-hmm. right? So like, okay, we understand that people have that feeling of stress when it comes to not knowing what to do in the gym. So let's just like think of an easy way that we can sort of reduce this is you got to go in with a program. I think that that is the number one thing that I will tell anyone and everyone. If you go in with a piece of paper that outlines what you're going to be doing that day and it's done by a professional who knows exactly what the hell they're doing, you are going to feel so much more confident. And this needs to be a professional that you trust too, right? This can't be just like somebody you Googled, like, oh, that works for that lady. Like I'm talking about someone that you are invested in, you believe in them. And that makes that confidence muscle really flex because it's sort you have of confidence in them. It's sort of borrowed confidence, yeah. <laughs> right? But that's okay to borrow it when you need it for yourself sometimes. So you borrow the confidence that they have in their programming and you walk around with your piece of paper and you go, I feel like I know what I'm doing because Kelsey and Rachel know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So they programmed this for me. I've got my TTSL workout today and I know that what I'm doing has merit and I, that stressor can be taken off my plate that no one will think I don't know what I'm doing because I have professionals that I trust that planned this for me. So I'm good to go. Absolutely. And I think even as someone who has been in this industry for a long time, I feel 
a sense of security surrounding going in with a plan. I still feel that way. If I can look at all of my programming before I get there, I'm like, okay, I know I'm on track to doing exactly what I need to do today. And I have confidence in this. And I want to say one more thing about that borrowed confidence, because I think I just experienced this talking to one of the women in our group the other day that she was saying like, sometimes when you're looking up to all of these people we put on this pedestal and you think like they just have this confidence and then you stop and you sit back and you say like, I can have this too. That can be me. She's not special. She's not special. I'm a part of this too. And I just, I had said to Stacy, I'm going to call her right out because she's one of our babes, who is one of the first women who are in our Facebook group, who I said to her, like, at one time I borrowed confidence from you. And I just want you to know that because like, I am a person who leads this group of 38,000 women I think we have in there now. But at one time, she was one of our first members. She was our first winner. And she came into the group and I kind of, I was a little bit more timid then. I was really nervous about being kind of like a face and and saying these, now we have a podcast, but like, you know, saying some of these things that can be controversial. I was really nervous about it. And she came in and she was like, you bitches have something to say. Yell it from the rooftop so the people in back can hear you. And she was just like, I believe. And I was like, well, she believes. She believes. I like borrowed that. And I said, like, she believes. Like, all right, that's one. (laughs) (laughs) But at any time you can borrow. We got one. (laughs) At any time you can borrow confidence. And that's, that's a big part of our group is that we hope that these women can sometimes just lean on each other and borrow this little bit of confidence to get in the gym and then keep practicing it. Oh, I love that. I love that. (laughs) So the second thing that we hear from a lot of women regarding their stressors around the gym is that comparison factor, right? And this does not just go for the gym. We go to the beach, we do it. We go to the grocery store, we do it. We, it's, it's present everywhere, (laughs) everywhere in your life. And of want to talk about the theft of joy comparison is the number one thing so but you know it puts it on full blast sometimes when you go to the gym especially if you're struggling with body image or issues surrounding your confidence is just like you go to this place where seemingly there's all of these people with confidence with the body that you always wanted with the confidence to take their shirt off and it's impossible for a lot of people not to immediately compare themselves and then sort of like how do they compare well we always put ourselves as like the lesser of she's better at this or he's better at this and I think that one of the ways that we really want to punch home the comparison factor is that It's okay if a thought of comparison comes into your mind. You can't control your subconscious, right? That's an impossible task, so don't try. If a thought of comparison comes in your head, that's going to happen. It's your response to that that I think is the the most important thing. We can take a comparison thought and we can use it to put ourselves down. Her butt's better. Her workout clothes are cuter. She's stronger. She's faster. Whatever. And that means I'm less than less than or we can take that thought and we can do two things. We can use it to build that other person up, which is like sort of that borrowed confidence again. Wow, she looks really awesome in that workout stuff. I'm going to tell her. 
You know, uh, you said this to me. I didn't know this, but complimenting others gives you like twice the joy as mm-hmm. if someone was to compliment you. Is that what, is that what it was? Yeah. It's like you can't even like measure how much that would mean to her, but like actually it would mean twice as much to you yeah. to give that compliment. So that's one way to take the comparison. If you're not comfortable going up to someone, you can just do it in your mind. You absolutely can do it. I've I've done this so many times when that initial thought comes in and this goes back to what I said before, don't judge it. Don't that judge initial it. thought comes in and you say like, wow, she's, she's so, what happens Blank. to me is I'm like, she's so strong. I'm not even that strong. And then I said, and I say like, whoa, pause. Number one, yes, you are strong, Kelsey. <laughs> so the, the first thing that I would say for you to do is think of something for yourself that you can compliment. Give it to yourself. So like as soon and as have you have those ready it, in yeah, your mind. Yeah. I have I have a couple that I that are my go-to that were at one time a weakness and I have practiced them and I know strength is a, a thing for me. I have like some confidence issues around like strength in the gym because I always feel like in comparison, <laughs> I'm not as strong as other people. So I'm ready with Kelsey, you are so unbelievably strong. You are stronger than you were yesterday. You have worked so hard on this and you will continue moving forward. And you are the strongest you've ever been. Bam. I hit that right, like right away with myself. And then you can bring it back to them and saying like, wow, she is so whatever. Maybe it's strong. And maybe she's worked really hard at that. Ooh, maybe I'll tell her. I don't know, maybe, or maybe you can just say it in your mind and say like, she's worked so hard to be strong. I respect the shit out of that. Good for her. Yeah. And just clap for her in your mind. Yeah. You know what I or mean? you see someone working hard in the gym. Oh, they're working so hard. I respect that. It's just another way. They're not working harder than you. No, no. It's not a comparison. They're just, they're working, just working hard, hard as well. And you can respect them. Mm-hmm. And I think that having those positive affirmations ready and because, again, this is practice. You don't just walk into the gym knowing how to do a deadlift. You don't just walk into your life knowing how to have positive affirmations and have mindfulness. It's a practice learned behavior. So if you can write down a couple of your positive affirmations and then have them ready to go, at first, it's going to feel forced, right? The comparison thought comes in and then you're like, feel like you're forcing it. And you're like, um, I'm really okay. strong. Yeah. Yeah. It often comes with okay. a question mark. That's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's practice. Just like your first deadlift looks like a bunch of shit. Like it's okay if it's shitty at first and it's not natural because after a while it's going to become muscle memory that like the thought comes in and then all of a sudden your positive affirmation comes running in after it. Well, cause you know, you know what too, if you think about what you have practiced, you've practiced insecurity and you've practiced anxiety and those muscles are going to be the first ones to fire because they're so strong, especially what women experience in society is they've been suppressed to say like, I'm beautiful. I'm strong. That's like, what are you so full of yourself? <laughs> you know, like those become hit, negative. They, they, those like behaviors. positive affirmations become something negative. And we are like, we're shooting that shit right down. Like, right down. no, absolutely not. Complimenting another woman is not negative. Complimenting yourself. Absolutely not negative. Continue to build that confidence and not the insecurity. 
So don't want to keep flexing the insecurity muscle. It's strong enough. (laughs) And most people, it's it's way overdeveloped. So let's, yeah, let's definitely practice that mindfulness when it comes to the comparison. The third thing that we often hear is that people have a, a huge fear of being judged. And this is I think one of the most common things that holds people back. It's actually why in our Facebook group, you know, those funny, they're supposed to be funny. Like the behind the fails. (laughs) Yeah. This is behind the scenes into what goes into the Facebook group because it's a lot. Those funny like gym fails of like compilations of people falling off this machine or using this machine wrong, whatever. A lot of those are humorous and we understand that they're mostly they're made in good humor. We actually don't allow those in the group at all. They never come in. They never come in. And the reason for this is whether or not you know it, everything that is you're accepting into your mind, like you're watching, you're you're hearing, you're exposed to, these things are having an impression whether you realize it or not. And seeing other people sort of fail at the gym and feeling that like other people are judging them by watching this video and laughing at them or whatever – that has a profound effect on a person's psychological well-being. And it leads to people feeling as if that could happen to them. They could be the one who falls off falls off a machine or uses a machine wrong or people are videoing at the gym at, for being stupid. And, and this all is what we want to avoid in our mindful thinking. And so it's just not allowed. We don't let those videos in because we don't want people to be exposed to that because that fear they're they're feeding the fear feeding fears of what if that's me and if you hadn't even seen that happen you're like oh I, I may not even have thought that I could I don't know fall off the treadmill but now I kind of see it in my mind and be so extra careful and you have like just that little bit of extra anxiety around it and sometimes people can suppress that and sometimes that grows into something really unhealthy and that's where we want to just hit on when when we're talking about the fear of being judged I just want to really I want to employ your rational mind here do you know whenever this thought comes into your mind she just gave me a weird look that person's looking at me weird that person just gave me the stank eye ask yourself this question this person staring at me ask yourself this question immediately after that thought comes into your mind and it needs to be immediate can i read minds If the answer to that question is no, and it better be unless you're psychic, <laughs> then give then, us a call. <laughs> then give us a call me now for your free reading. If you, <laughs> well, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Miss, Miss what was her name? Cleo. Miss Cleo. <laughs> if you do not have the current ability to read minds, then you have no business thinking you do. Guessing what someone else is thinking about you and then letting it snowball into this like I've heard some crazy stories of how they've snowballed into these like very thought out ideas of what somebody else is thinking and you're like uh whoa yeah I I know for me and if this has never happened to you then you are an amazing person has anybody ever misinterpreted your actions and said like well I thought you were thinking this and you go 
Well, no, I wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't even at all what I it was thinking. It wasn't even in my radar. If you think about that with your rational mind, how many times things are misinterpreted by people assuming that they can read someone else's mind, it's ridiculous to even try. So if that thought does come into your mind that someone might be judging you, just understand that you have no idea if like they literally might have had a stomach cramp just then. And they like <laughs> gave you a weird look because like you were in their perith, but they were like, their stomach was like growling and they were like, oh, and they gave a stink eye. Like you have no, no, but really, you really actually have no idea. And even if it looks unbelievably obvious that like someone's like looking at you and laughing, like they may have their headphones in and like they may have a, our podcast on, they may be cracking up. Like it's to, to assume that you can read someone else's mind is ridiculous and we're not going to try. Absolutely. So leave <laughs> that out. And then the other thing is the feeling that you don't belong, right? That's our wicked common one. We see that a lot. Yeah. And I think that one is, it's so valid in a way of you being like, I don't belong because I've not been here before or I'm not involved in this community yet. And what I always relate that to is going on a first date and expecting to have all of the connections like you would in a relationship you've been in for five years. Like we, we confer in front of each other, right? <laughs> right? On the first date. I can tell you if you have a burger, I can pick it for you. <laughs> like you have to go through those first awkward first dates or whatever it is to be able to get that meaningful connection that you may have five years later. And you'll never get to that awesome maybe five-year relationship time. Nose picking Nose time. picking time that you're way, like looking forward to without putting in the work at the beginning. And if you feel like you don't belong there, you're kind of getting the layout of the land, like that's okay. I just, I always want to like, I always want to say like new things are totally fine. I know we're all creatures of habit and we can't wait to be five years in where we can talk to each other about our boogers. But there is something special about those first couple dates. Yeah, because you know what? Although they do like have some like weird, awkward moments or like some, Painful. I guess, yeah, some anxiety too. Yeah. Like oh, it's, sure. you get anxious on going on a first date. But like when you look at it in the long term, like was it worth it? I mean, some first dates, no. <laughs> the answer is no. But like if you look at a meaningful relationship and the awkwardness that came at the beginning, it's like, yeah, well, that's normal. And like it was so worth it to, to find the love of my life. And so when we think about that in terms of the gym, to find something that's going to make you inevitably happy and give you so much energy and happy with your body and all these kind of things, like to have some awkwardness in the beginning where you don't feel like you belong, that's okay. But you need to put in the time. hundred percent. I love that because I love when people think about going to the gym and think like, I'm going to be so awkward there. If you go over the first three things that we talked about in that list, when you get to number four and you say like, I don't belong here and I feel a little awkward here, it'll be a lot better if you have gone in with a plan. If you go in thinking like, I am here, because sometimes like your your affirmation to yourself is like, I'm proud that I came here. That's it. That's it. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm proud I'm here. I'm proud period. I'm here. I'm living here in am. this moment right now. I'm not what ifing. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about the past. I'm living in this moment right here where I showed up to the gym and I'm going to kick some ass right now. Right now. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's true. If you go in and you have that positive mindset and you're practicing that behavior therapy, then things that would have been really big become a little bit smaller. Well, that's what we want for every stressor in our life. And that's what we preach and practice all the time is that if you have the stressor that's coming into your life, that you are prepared to handle it and that you feel in yourself, like I have the tools in my toolbox to handle this situation as it comes at me, like good, bad, I'm going to perceive my stress the way it is, but like I have every tool that I can handle this situation. And I think that brings us to control, right? We are not in control of these other outside influences. We're not in control of what other what people, stress other people, what other people are thinking. You're never going to control what other people are thinking. That's been hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> hard realization. I think that's a hard one for me too. And I think that that comes with when you have a message, you say, but like, listen to this message. It's a really good one. And your life will be better with it. And you kind of like yell it from the rooftop. So you're never going to control what someone takes in, what someone else is thinking. You're not going to control some outside influences or stress that come into your life, face an injury, things like that. But you can control how you deal with it. And I think the latest for me has been a shoulder injury that like I was hit with it. And I was like, oh, no, this is not in my plans. This is not what I want, obviously. Not, um, this is not getting me closer to my goals. This is not getting me closer to my goals. This really throws a wrench in everything that I have planned for me right now. But I took a second and I said, this is not the end of the world. This is an opportunity to get better at other things. This is something that I'm completely prepared to deal with. And I am you know, smart enough to program around. And I know that I'm not going to fall off because I'm bored because I have the habits in place. I'm in control of how I deal with this adversity right now. And I'm prepared for it. Well, that's the thing is control is an illusion. You know, it's a fleeting illusion. You think that you can control things in your life by over planning or, you know, that all the things that are triggers for that anxiety and that you can, okay, well, if anxiety is going to cause me to not go to the gym, then I won't go to the gym and I'll be in control of my anxiety. But of course, it's all an illusion because there is no control. And that is the thing that's a lot of difficult for a lot of people to That's accept. That's a difficult thing for you to accept. <laughs> I personally am working on this myself. And yeah. this is why I've done so much research into this topic, because I have a lot of trouble relinquishing control and I want to be better. And that sentence, that control is an illusion, like changed my whole entire outlook on life because everything that I was doing, all my what if things and all my things were all just an illusion because ultimately I didn't have control. The thing that we need to replace control with is self-trust. Instead of thinking, I'm going to control this, because that is an illusion. If we can think to ourselves, I trust myself that no matter what happens, I can handle it. I can take life, life's challenges. I can absorb them. And I have the tools in my toolbox, like you said, to handle them with grace and dignity and empathy and all of these qualities that I want to have and confidence. That's what we need. Self-trust above anything else. So instead of going out of your way to set the stage for everything to go the way you want it, which is impossible, yeah. instead, just accept that things are going to go the way they are, but that you have what it takes to handle anything. 
And that really changed my mindset because like, if you think you can, you can. It's all about self-talk. Yeah. I think that's going to be so important. I know that we hear that a lot. If you think you can, you can, you know, and, and it's kind of overlooked at times because we, we have these labels that we give ourselves throughout our life that we hold on to so tight and say, we've talked about how everyone in our group is an athlete. And we've always referred to them as athletes. We don't even say participants or anything like that. You are all athletes. And because you are working on your ability to be an athlete, you're a runner, you're whatever it is. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're there. In working your, on athleticism. Yeah. So you're an athlete. Absolutely. But I think that a lot of the labels that we've given ourselves with anxiety, if you say, I am anxious, you're saying what I'm experiencing right now, but that's not who you, you don't are. Have like, you don't have anxiety that you can't overcome and that you can't have these tools that you're prepared to deal with it. Just like uh, I, you're not fat. I am fat. You Here's have the next fat. One. <laughs> yeah. Like you have fat. You also have fingernails. You are not fingernails. Like you, there are these things that don't have to stay with you. They don't have to be this concrete thing that for the rest of your life, this is your story. There is no, there's no pivoting. There's no working on it. I have anxiety and that's it. It's like, okay, you have anxiety. You are experiencing it. What's next? If I'm experiencing it right now, what are my tools that I can use this, these positive affirmations or this self-talk or how can I change my direction from going down to negative town to living in the moment and building a better, more positive life? Well, healthy thinking, I always say this, healthy thinking is a choice that we are making. And again, the choice is going to be tough at first because it because of course you want to go with whatever's natural because habits are everything the brain doesn't know the difference between a positive thought and a negative thought it doesn't try to shut out the negative thoughts more because it thinks they're going to hurt you it doesn't know the difference it only knows habits so if you constantly have negative thoughts coming in the brain is comforted by negative thoughts because that's the habit it can also work the other way around. So when we say you're in full control, what we mean is healthy thoughts are a choice and you can choose the thoughts that proceed. Like obviously your subconscious thoughts just come in, right? But the thoughts that come after those are the ones that can really make the difference in your decision-making abilities. And so when we flex those confident muscles, they get stronger, they get stronger, they get stronger. All of a sudden, you've done so much work on your confidence muscle, it's stronger than your insecure muscle. Absolutely. And so what's the one that fires automatically? The stronger one. And when we're searching for healthy habits, when we're looking for healthy habits and positivity and how we can work towards that, that's what you'll be drawn to in your life. If you're constantly, I see this on the internet all the time. I mean, we know negative comments get more attention and we're like, what? We, that's just what some, sometimes like in society right now, it's what we've been drawn to this kind of like negativity and then we feed it and it becomes this like big blob when the positive, you know, if we're searching, if we're following people on, you know, Instagram or whatever that are positive, that have positive messages and we're filling our lives with that then we're, then we're practicing that. Right. And we're the negative seems strange yeah. when you see it. It's like, oh, 
what's that? Like, why are you yelling? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like the norm because it's not the flexed muscle. And yeah, I, I just, I just want to, I just want un- people to understand is that it's going to be uncomfortable, but if you can get comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm. you are unstoppable. If the people that are comfortable being uncomfortable, those are the people you need to fear in the zombie apocalypse yeah. because that is a person that has the tools for anything. And isn't that who we all want to be? The person that is ready for anything. And that comes with the ability to be uncomfortable the ability to absorb those thoughts and then the ability to create new thoughts to compound the positivity. What's your next? What's the next steps? Okay, I've experienced this. I feel it. What's next? How am I going to deal with this? Yeah. Two roads. And And the um, choice is yours. Really, the choice is always going to be yours. And it's not going to come from these outside influences of what's happened, what's happened in the past, what's going to happen in the future, what all of these other people are doing. No one is noticing the changes that I'm making in the gym. No one is affirming me in this way, or I didn't get as many likes on this. It's not going to come from these outside influences. The choice has to be yours. And I think that the more that we can choose knowingly, that positive path, the more it will just happen naturally. And that's really what we want to push with this podcast is that you have those anxious feelings surrounding the gym. Understand that it's okay. It's normal, but we're not letting those feelings control what we want to do. Ultimately, the only person in control is you and you can take hold of and flex those confident muscles to a point where they will be the stronger muscle and you can start today. So use those couple of tips that we gave on some things that you can do to just curb it a little bit, but know that mindfulness, yeah, and you practice all the time. And if you think that sounds exhausting, you know, what's really exhausting being anxious that's the most on your body. Oh my God. I mean, we know that stress shortens lifespans like chronic stress is causing people to live less years. That is like the number one killer. And it's just, it's crazy because we don't put a lot of emphasis on how we can in ourselves work on that on a day-to-day basis. And, but we did in this podcast (laughs) with those actionable tips that you can work on right now here, like after listening to this podcast and start to implement those in your life. But we know the effects of stress and anxiety and how exhausting that can be for your everyday life. Ultimately, let me guarantee you, being anxious is far more effort than the effort that you will put in to positive affirmations and mindful thinking and healthy thinking. So it's going to feel like an effort at first, but believe me, it the exhaustingness of anxiety is is going to far outweigh what that what that means for your life. So today is the time to start right now with this thought that's in your mind right now and practicing every day will make you nothing but stronger and that's what we are all desiring. Absolutely. So if you're experiencing stress today, you know exactly how to deal with it. Go get after it. <laughs> Go, Go get, get after, after it. it and say like Okay, I'm experiencing this stressful event. 
okay, number one, is it that stressful? If it's not going to matter in five minutes, you just throw that shit right away. Right. (laughs) It's not going to matter in five years. You definitely still throw it right away and just work on that for today. We love you. Have a great week in the gym. And don't forget to get into our group. I mean, we talk about our group, Fitness Programming by CVG, but get into our group because that is feeding your positive mindset all the time. All the time. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.